Tonight I'm going to teach uh, something a little bit uh, different. It's been a while since I've taught on this and I expanded it a little bit. And I'm talking about covenants, covenants. And when we come to Christ, when we are baptized, we come into a covenant relationship. But the, the great thing is we're not under the Old Testament covenant, which we've talked about so much. Amen. But we're under the New Testament covenant. And Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 says this, But now hath he obtained, speaking of Jesus, a more excellent ministry. Speaking, comparing Jesus' ministry to the Old Testament. By how much also he's the mediator, the go-between, the intercessor, the advocate, of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Yeah. Amen. They were established upon better promises. Tonight, we, we don't have to bring our turtle dove and our goat and our, our meal offering or any of that stuff I'm grateful for because of God's mercy and his grace. Amen. Because the new covenant is established under better promises. We're going to look uh, at something very interesting tonight, and I don't know... It's been a while since I taught this, and I call it the Rainbow Covenants. Amen. And we see that after Noah came out of the ark and he offered a burnt sacrifice, God made a covenant. Genesis 9, 16. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh, that is upon the earth. Now, this is really interesting. Of all the things God could have chosen to symbolize his covenant, he made something that had never appeared before because it had never rained before. And it takes water in the atmosphere falling to be reflecting in sunlight to create all those uh, colors of the rainbow. But what is a covenant? Well, let's look at that first. A covenant is a bond, an alliance, an agreement a treaty or a contract, but it's not just any kind of contract as I've taught before because in a contract, one person opting out can void the contract, but that's not the case with a covenant. We find that uh, in America there were 50 signers to the original Declaration of Independence, but if one of them suddenly changed their mind, do you think that would have voided everything? No. And that's the beauty of a covenant because as long as one person is still upholding it, it is still in force. So the idea in the Bible is of a union between God and man. And many times when God made a covenant, uh, the man's part could not be done by the man. God had to do both parts. It was a sovereign uh, action on his part. And there were many covenants. There were several covenants that we're going to look at tonight. And I'm going to see how they are related to the first uh, token that God put, which I call the rainbow. So the first covenant, of course, the first agreement that God made was with Adam, right? He said, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and have dominion. So that was the Adamic covenant. And then when Noah came out of the ark, he made another covenant uh, with, with Noah and his family. And then later on, he made a covenant with Abraham, uh, a, a, an interesting covenant with Abraham. And then, of course, there's the one that we all know the Mosaic Covenant, the covenant he made through Moses with Israel. And then later on, there was the Davidic Covenant where he said that there was going to be a king that would reign uh, on, on the throne of Israel. 
And then of course we have the New Testament covenant, the one that Hebrews is talking about, where it is formed upon better promises with a better mediator. Amen? And then we have, finally, there'll be a millennial and mess messianic age and a covenant with that. We're going to look at how those relate. Um, really, this would be a two-parter, but I'm not going to uh, get into trying to do everything tonight. I'm just going to relate that rainbow, that first a token that God gave uh, as a sign of his pledge. He said that he would, when he looks upon it, he would remember his pledge uh, to not destroy the earth with, with water. And many times when I see a rainbow, that's what comes back to me. I think of God's providence, of his goodness, of, of his mercy. I remember the time when I wrote this, I was driving between here and Madison, and there was so many storms, and every time I drove, I saw another rainbow, and it just brought back the fact of God's pledge, amen, and his governance, and his, uh, and his pledge to keep us, and his promises to us. So we're going to look at that. And then there's finally, there is a new heaven and a new earth. Now, the, in the rainbow, typically, of course, there's an infinite number of colors that make up the rainbow, but when we think of a rainbow, typically... The, 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 uh, the number of colors has always come down to seven, right? And so I'm going, I'm going to look at why that is. Where did that come from? And how does that uh, relate to some of these covenants? Because I think they do. This token, this first token, you can, you can symbolize by, by Noah. And it's symbolized by that rainbow. And then we have the Abrahamic covenant, and it was symbolized by the stars. He t brought Abraham out and he says, look up. If you can tell the stars, if Shem, the word is Shem, if you can name the stars. And he made a covenant with Abraham. Uh, and it's symbolized by the stars. The next one is the Mosaic covenant. Of course, that's symbolized by the tablets of stone that God wrote on and had to actually make a second copy because... Yeah, Moses was so angry when he came down the mountain that he threw them down and broke them. And then there's the Davidic covenant. And if you read that and study that, it's related to the city of Jerusalem. He told them he was going to put his name on the city of Jerusalem. And it's symbolized by Jerusalem because that's where the king reigned from. And then there is the Messianic covenant, which is symbolized, of course, by the Passover because that is what enables us the beginning of our redemption on that night when he broke the bread he was actually um, in a covenant it was a covenant uh, symbol amen um, and then the millennial uh, covenant is really symbolized by the new temple symbolized with the feast of tabernacles God dwelling permanently with men and of course the new amen the new heaven and earth symbolized by the new Jerusalem so we're going to look at some of that um, the colors of the rainbow, as I said, um, it's infinite, but we classically they've talked about the seven colors. Anyone name some colors of the rainbow? Okay. Purple, red, yellow. All right. You got your colors down. Okay. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And it shall come to pass that when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And it was that symbol, that token, that God said, every time I see that, I'm going to remember my covenant, everlasting covenant 
with, with man. Now I want to go a little bit deeper. Let's read it. I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant. Now the Jews teach that there is a covenant, that that covenant is still in force with non-Jews, with Gentiles. And I'm not going to go very deep into it, but they teach that there is a, a covenant because you notice it sev says everlasting. It does say everlasting. The Jews teach that there is a covenant with the Jews, but the covenant that God deals with Gentiles, those who haven't come to Christ, obviously, is this uh, Noahide or Noahic covenant. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. So the symbol of that covenant starts out with a burnt offering. There was a blood sacrifice. There was a blood sacrifice. Um, Genesis 9.5. It says, And surely your blood of your lives. When God was talking and making this covenant... It was a symbol of part of the covenant that was blood. He says, and I will require at the hand of every beast will I require it. And the hand of man at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. And what God was instituting was a justice system. He was saying, if you shed man's blood, by, man's blood, by man your blood should be shed. He was instituting the first kind of set of uh, commands that, that governed relationships. So that, that blood signified the justice of God. Genesis 9, 6, Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. And we're going to be talking about this all this month, about the, the image of God. Amen. So we see this brought forth in all of the characters of the Bible. God uses them as symbols to tell a story. And one of the, the, the most powerful symbols, of course, is the fact that you can't, um, and I was listening to this last night on the news, they were asking for organ donors. And the doctor said one of the things, of course, that is not said much, that you can't have an organ donor without somebody passing, without somebody giving their, donating their, their organs. But he said that one person, they can, they can save 75 lives depending on what, what parts they donate. So in this covenant in Hebrews 9.16, it speaks of this. It's for, their, for where a testament is, wherever there's a will, there must also be the necessity be of the death of the testator. That means the person who, who is the, the will is applied to, Right? For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise it has no strength at all while the testator liveth. And we see uh, an example of this in the story of Joseph. The Bible said his father loved him. So what did he do? He made him a coat of many colors. And that's interesting. The father made a token of his love by giving him a coat of many colors. The father gave a bow as a token of his love that he would not bring judgment. Now Israel 
loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. Now the Bible doesn't tell us all the colors, but I'm, I'm going to have my liberty and believe that it had all of the colors of the rainbow. Now you know the story, his, his brothers hated him because of this and also because he got this dream that they were going to bow down to him and that was, the, that was the topping on the cake. They were having none of that and so they plotted to kill him. And of course all of this was symbolic of what would happen to Jesus because he was wounded in the house of his brethren. So God allowed Joseph and this whole situation to be a story to kind of a pre, pre presse, as they say, what was going to come. So they, they were going to kill him, but at the last moment, uh, I think it was Judah said, let's not kill him, let's sell him into slavery. But we're going to pretend that he died. And we're going to kill an animal. Do you understand there was a blood sacrifice that saved Joseph's life? They killed an animal and they took the blood and they sprinkled it on the coat on the rainbow. Right? They sprinkled it on the coat that was of many colors. And they brought it back to the father. And this was a symbol that someone had died. Right? The covering that the father had given to Joseph was given back to him. And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats. Now what's interesting about that? Kid of the goats. If you were to look in Exodus 12, of course the law wasn't given. It was the symbol for the sin offering. It was the symbol for the atonement. And they killed a kid of the goats. And what did they do? They dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors. They brought it to their father. And they said, we have found... This we have found, know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. <laughs> Trying to be clever, weren't they? Uh, do you recognize this? Maybe, could you possibly recognize this coat? Of course they knew the coat because it was very unique. It was a coat of many colors. And of course it represents also a sacrifice. Because it was the same animal that died that provided a covering right in the beginning for Adam and Eve. God made them a coat. Anytime you see that symbol of a coat, it means there's a sacrifice. There is a death and there is blood. So the red on the rainbow obviously represents a sacrifice of blood. Leviticus 17.11 tells us that explicitly, for the life of the flesh or the life of the soul is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement, a covering. Part of the rainbow symbol, the red, symbolizes God has made a covering for us. That's what I'm talking about, the rainbow covenants tonight. The blood covenant symbolizes that God has made a covering for us. For it is the blood that maketh a covering for the soul. And we see just like they brought the, the covering back to symbolize a death and that a sacrifice, an animal had died. Of course, Jacob didn't know that to save the life of his son. When we skip forward 2,000 years, a covering is given back to the father. In Luke 23, 45, and the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands commend I my spirit. What is our covering today? His spirit. 
he gave his spirit so that 50 days later, he, the Father could put it back on us. Amen. As our covering. I commend thy spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Genesis 37, 28. And there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit. There is such a connection between Joseph and Jesus. You see that the prophecy said, out of Egypt have I called my son. You see the connection that Joseph's life was destined to mirror the element and a facet of Jesus' life. Then passed by the Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. When Jesus was crucified, where did he go? He went to the grave. He went to hell, so to speak. And Egypt represents that same place of hell and death. So the covering, when Jesus died, his spirit went to the Father. His flesh, the, 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 the body, went to the grave. So we see that the red part of the rainbow represents our covering. And then the, the other color that we see is it changes from red and it starts to go to orange as it starts to go down the spectrum. And of course, orange and gold is the color of majesty. It's kings that wear gold, isn't it? Let's look at that. Genesis 15, 17. I told you that God made a covenant with Abraham, but Abraham was too weak to do his part. He passed out. And so God did the ceremony by himself. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In, in Hebrew, the word for covenant is berith. It means to cut. In those days, they would cut an animal in two and walk between it as a symbol of a covenant. And that's what God did symbolically, even though Moses, I mean, Abraham had passed out. He had almost no part. It was a sovereign act of God. But the color that was predominant was, was a glow, was from fire because it was nighttime, of a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. And of course, it's symbolic, of course, of the glory of God and of his majesty. Amen. Every time there is a, a depiction or a rendition of, of God in the scriptures, it's always of a bright golden color. Well, well, we'll get to that. Now, when you pass down the spectrum from red to orange, then you get to a, a lighter shade, which in the scripture they call bronze. Bronze. I'm talking about the rainbow covenant. And, of course, it symbolizes judgment. God, was, God told Moses how to create the, the Ark of the Covenant and also the, the, the brazen altar, which symbolized the place of judgment. And thou shalt make an altar of shittim wood, five cubits long and five cubits broad, and the altar shall be four square, and the height thereof shall be three cubits. And thou shalt make the horns of it upon the corners thereof, and the horns shall be of the same, and thou shalt overlay it with brass." It was a bronze altar, and it symbolized the law. We see that it symbolizes judgment because when Israel sinned, God told Moses to make a bronze serpent. It symbolized a, play, a thing of sin, and they were to look at the object of their sin. We see that this color, this, this, this darker bronze color, represents the mosaic, the law. And we know this because when we, when we look at the heavenly tabernacle, there is no brazen altar. 
Because the brazen altar represents the place of judgment. Amen. The Bible says we're not coming back into judgment. There is therefore now what? No condemnation. This is what God did. He was the red, the, 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 the blood sacrifice. Amen. He made the covenant, the gold with Abraham. And the brass was signified by his sacrifice. Amen. And it represents the judgment of the Lord. I better slow down. I'm going too fast. Got to slow down. Amen. It represents the judgment of the Lord. And as you transition from, from bronze to the yellow, the next color you get, it starts to go into green. And of course, green represents what? Blessing. Blessing. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me besides the still waters. Psalm 52 verse 8 says, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. And of course, this represents the Davidic kingdom because God made a covenant with David and he told him he was going to put his name on Jerusalem. 2 Samuel 7.10 Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and I will plant them. Plants usually are green. That they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. So this represents the royal covenant that God promised that there was going to be a line, a seed from David. And this is why we are going to be both kings and priests. Amen. Amen. We have both the Mosaic uh, tradition, but we also have the Davidic covenant. Amen. So this represents the blessing of the Lord. The color green is the blessing of the Lord. Now we're going to come to my favorite part of this. And you all know what color I'm going to. Who can remember what, what comes after the, in, as you move down the rainbow covenant? Blue. 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 And this was one of the predominant colors that was in the tabernacle and in the temple. Because it represents God's grace. Hebrews 8.12. Their garments, they were told to, to embroider with, with blue. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their iniquities, I will remember no more. He, he, in that he saith a new covenant... He hath made the first old, now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. They were told to trim their garments with the color blue. Not only that, we'll see that nearly everything in the tabernacle, when it had to be revealed, when it had to move, it was covered with the color blue. So that they couldn't look on the glory of God directly because God gave them grace. If they were to look at it directly, they would die. So that color on that rainbow covenant represents God's grace. And I'm going to show you that. Now, it's, it's, the, it's prefigured in a lot of scriptures. Look at this. Numbers 4-7. And upon the table of showbread, they shall spread a cloth of blue. Nothing in the Bible is there by chance. It's not there because God decided, I don't know what to do. Let me pick a color. No, this was all pre-planned. You see, he told them every specific item, what it was down to be, supposed to be, what color it was supposed to be, because it was a model to fulfill his, his plan of salvation. He told them that the table on which the holy bread was to be put had to have a cloth of blue and put thereon the dishes and the spoons and the bowls and covers to cover withal 
and continual bread shall be thereon. The bread was to be renewed every week on this table of blue. In Numbers 4.9, And thou shalt take a cloth of blue and cover the candlesticks of the lights and his lamps and his stuff. This is when they were going to move it. Before they could move it, they had to cover everything in the tabernacle with the color blue. His lamps and his tongs and his snuff dishes and all the oil vessels thereof, whether they minister unto. Anything that was going to be used in ministry, if they were going to move it and take it out of the tabernacle, they had to cover it with the, a, 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 a linen of blue so that people did not have to look on anything directly because the, those things were holy. It was representing God's grace. Amen. Amen. Numbers 4.11. And upon the golden altar... They shall spread a cloth of blue and cover it with a covering of badger skin and shall put to the staves thereof. Everything that was going to be moved had to be covered with this linen cloth that was blue. Numbers 4.12 And they shall take the instruments of ministry wherewith they minister in the sanctuary and put them in a cloth of blue. Are you getting the pattern here? This is the color of the rainbow that represents God's grace. Numbers 4.4. 4. This shall be the service of the sons of Kohath. That means the priests. In the tabernacle of the congregation upon the most holy things. And when the camp setteth forward, Aaron shall come and his sons. And they shall take down the covering veil. And cover the ark of the testimony with it. What it's saying is that the veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place was also blue. And they would walk backwards with the curtain rod and put it and cover the ark so that they didn't see it. Again, it represented God's grace because otherwise they would die. And upon the table of showbread they shall spread a cloth of blue. And so then they had put the staves through it and nobody actually saw the ark. Because it was covered with the blue. The Bible says no man at any time has seen God. Except, right, it's been revealed to us through, anyone want to quote the rest of that? Through the spirit. Which is what? The covering. Right? That's what, it's the spirit that allows us by faith to come into his presence. So I'm showing you that everything in the tabernacle before it could be moved, before the ordinary people could see it, had to be covered with a veil of blue. And of course, the most important example of this is, of course, the throne of God itself. And the Bible tells us what color it is. It's blue. Ezekiel 1.1, Ezekiel had a vision of the throne room of God. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chabar, that the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it. And out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire, and above the firmament that was over the heads, was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. Anyone know what color a sapphire is? It's blue. As the appearance of a sapphire stone, and upon the likeness of a throne, was the likeness as the appearance of a man above it. 
Amen. Remember, the lessons this month is about His image and His likeness. And that's why in Hebrews 4.16 it says we can do what? We can come boldly to the throne of grace. That's what that color represents. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. Let us therefore come boldly, Hebrews 4.16, unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy. That's part of the rainbow covenant. You see, when he gave those colors, it represented more than just the flood. What I'm trying to show you, each one of those colors represented an aspect of God's covenants with man. That's why he said it's an everlasting covenant. It didn't just apply uh, before the law, but it, the scripture said it's an everlasting covenant. The blood still saves us. Amen. His, his covenant with us, his majesty still saves us. Amen. His grace still saves us. Amen. And so we see all of that reflected in the New Testament. Amen. Because remember now, Jacob made a coat of many colors. And we see the scripture in prophetic uh, aspects speaking about Jesus in Isaiah 6, 3, 1. Who is this who comes from Edom with garments of glowing colors? This one who is majestic. Marching in greatness. It is I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Because symbolically Joseph died, he saved his whole family. Symbolically because he was sold into Egypt. Not only did he save his whole family, he saved all the Egyptians. He saved the then world because Egypt became the breadbasket. It was a symbol of what Jesus was going to do. And that's why the scripture models the fact that just as Jacob made him a coat with the many colors symbolizing the covenant... In this prophetic scripture, Jesus is shown wearing a coat of many colors, with garments of glowing colors. Amen. And of course, the blood is fulfilled, fulfilled in the covenant. Revelation 19, 13, and he was clothed with a vesture. Remember what they did to the coat? They dipped it in blood. See how Jesus fulfilled the covenant because a covenant always has things for you to fulfill. It's just not a statement. There's, th there's things that I do and you do. Jesus has fulfilled his part of the covenant. Just as they dipped the coat with the many colors in the blood and took it to Jacob. Here in Revelation, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. See... The rainbow covenant that God gave to Noah was not just something simple. He said it's an everlasting covenant. And every single color represents God's promise to, to, to not only us, but it said to all flesh. Amen. Hebrews 9.12 Neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen. You, you understand that even when a Abraham couldn't even fulfill his part of the covenant, he, he had passed out. It was too scary for him. The Bible said that God, in, in, in a spirit form, walked between the lamps burning and, and fulfilled his part of the covenant. When we could do nothing, when we were dead in trespasses and sins, 
The Bible said, while we were yet dead in trespasses and sin, he loved me when I was a sinner. Amen. Amen. He delivered me when I was a sinner. And he has put his rainbow, his mark upon your heart. If you've been filled with the spirit, that covering has been applied to your heart. Amen. The covenants apply to us because we are spiritual Israel. But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen. He's not coming back to deal with sin. You know that. That's what the scripture says. He has already dealt with sin. It's in the past. Amen. There's nothing you can do to, 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 uh, to make him have to do anything again because he's not going to be crucified again. Amen. Because he has fulfilled his part of the covenant. Now let's look at the other part, the light, the orange. In John 8, 12, then spake Jesus said unto them, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Revelation 1, 13. Uh, we see him revealed in this scripture. Just as he appeared to Abraham in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man clothed the garment down to the foot and gird about with the paps of the golden girdle, which represents majesty. Remember I said gold represents majesty. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned I saw seven golden candlesticks. Amen. You could stand with me. I'm not going to go any further tonight. Amen. Short but sweet. If you came late, you missed half of it. I'm not going to go any further. There is a second part, but I, I, I won't. I'm not going to start it because I can't finish it. Amen. Next week, we will go further into the rainbow covenants. Amen. I went fast, but I wanted to get to this point. I want us to understand this Bible was not put together as a myth. It was planned by the creator and cannot be duplicated. There is no book that can come close to the majesty and the truth that is revealed in God's word. When you, the deeper you search, the more things you see that make you go, wow, this God, this God that we serve has planned this out. He has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. Amen. And if we understand that we, if we've been filled with the Spirit, have the covering applied. If we have been filled with the Spirit, we have the blood applied. If we've been filled with the Spirit, we have the blessing applied. If we've been filled with the Spirit, we have the grace applied. We have the rainbow applied. Amen. We have the gold applied. We have the light applied. Because he said this is the everlasting covenant. Amen. And it was symbolized in all the colors. Amen. As you can see about the blue and how nobody could, could move any of the instruments unless they were covered, in other words, by God's grace. It's by God's grace are we saved. What the scripture says, not of, not of works lest any man should boast. They couldn't see any of the instruments as they were being moved because they were covered with blue. And in his vision, Ezekiel saw the throne and it was blue because it represents God's grace. When I think of all the colors, when you next see a rainbow, I hope you remember this study that God had made a covenant with man. That, and he says it's an everlasting covenant because it is the 
blood that redeems and is the covering and the, the gold that represents his majesty. I'm going to say them again. And the green that represents his blessing and the blue that represents his, his grace and the yellow that represents his brightness. Amen. Which he, the Bible says when he appears, he's going to destroy the enemy just with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So tonight, next time you see a rainbow, I don't know when it will be, you start to worship. That applies to me. That's my covenant. That's my covenant. Hallelujah. You could bow your hearts with me tonight. God, we thank you for your word. We ask you, Lord God, that it will find good soil. Lord God, that as we meditate upon your pledges and your promises, oh God, we just thank you that you made a covenant. Lord, while we were yet in sins and in our own way, Lord God, you died and gave your spirit as the ultimate covering. Hallelujah. We just thank you tonight. Lord, we ask, oh God, as the rest of this week, comes about us, Lord God, that we will walk according to your promises. Lord, that we will live a, a life that is worthy, hallelujah, that you can fulfill your promises in us. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.